You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. I'm here today with Newberry Honor winning author, Lauren Wolk. Lauren, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And Lauren is the author of three middle grade novels, Wolf Hollow, Beyond the Bright Sea, and her newest book, Echo Mountain, which was just published last month, um, a book which we love. And um, we had been planning a book launch in Washington County for Echo Mountain, um, but the crisis here sort of derailed us. But we are so happy to have Lauren here to talk about that. My first question here was about your um, favoring writing historical fictions, which your three middle grade novels have been. That's a, a question I get frequently, and I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I think I was born old. I've said that a number of times because from the time I was a very little girl, I really liked to go antiquing with my mother. I loved old things when we went to visit my grandparents on the farm, which is the setting for Wolf Hollow. I loved to go back in time, you know, to that simpler place closer to nature um, where we all worked hard side by side in the fields. And, you know, I was a kid, so I don't know how hard I was working, but I loved being in that setting in that it felt like a time machine. And so um, when I sat down to, to write these books, um, the first, Wolf Hollow, was a, really a tribute to that place and that time and my mother's childhood growing up there, the stories she had told me when I was a child and all my visits to that farm. And, and it just made sense to set it in during her childhood, the 40s. Um, and I just feel at home there. I feel like I belong in an earlier century. I've always loved historical fiction as a reader and I'm loving writing it. Can you tell us about the setting and the time period of Echo Mountain? Yeah, Echo Mountain was inspired by uh, the mountains of Maine. I spend time there in uh, Sumner, Maine, uh, in the Oxford Hills, where my mother has some land on a mountainside, and she built a little camp there. It's, I, I don't want to say primitive. That has a negative connotation. <laughs> it's simple. You know, there's no running water. There's no electricity. It's really remote. We go to bed with the sound of coyotes and loons. It's, it's beautiful and wonderful. And the time I spend up there has just inspired me in many ways, including um, a setting for Echo Mountains. So I thought, well, I, I really want my characters to experience the same sort of um, thing that I do when I camp there. I want them to be really close to the land. I want them to feel resourceful and brave. And um, so Ellie, my main character, just presented herself to me. And the time seemed right to set it in, in the Great Depression when some people were forced to leave town and move into the wilderness to start a new life. And that's what her family does. Another element that seems to run through your three middle grade novels is the female protagonist. You know, Annabelle and Wolf Hollow was inspired largely by, as I said, you know, my mother growing up, but she was a mixture of my mother and me and my grandmother and a lot of strong women I've known. Um, and I didn't think too much about that. It seemed natural. But then I, I noticed too, as, as readers have, that 
that all my main characters are female. And I, I think that's largely because I already have sons. I have two wonderful sons. I don't have any daughters. And this gives me a chance to have, have real daughters in a very real sense. I, I feel like I gave birth to them and I love them so much and I miss them terribly um, after the writing is done. And so that's part of it. But I also think the world needs more female protagonists, good, strong, resilient, resourceful, brave, smart girls out there in the world of literature and all arts and, and uh, in life. Is there one um, Annabelle, Ellie and Crow from Beyond the Bright Sea that you, that you personally identify with the most? That's a good question. Um, I've been asked, you know, which is my favorite book, and I've always answered it's like asking who my favorite child is. It's impossible. I have I feel very, very close to Wolf Hollow because of the family connection there, even though it's a work of fiction. But um, I think elements of each of the girls sort of are echo who I am, and Ellie in particular in Echo Mountain. Um, is a healer. She doesn't really think of herself that way. She doesn't really know she is until uh, the, the story progresses. But I have always been intrigued by uh, how, to, how to make people well, how to make people better emotionally and physically, and solving problems and sorting mysteries. I just, I love a good mystery, a good problem to solve. And often it's when, when somebody's not well and they can't figure out why. So that's, that's a big part of it. In the case of Crow, um, her definition of family, how it has something to do with blood sometimes, but not always. It's, it's who we choose for our families. And, and with Annabelle, her courage in, and standing up in the face of injustice, I guess that's not really me. It's the me I wish I were. And it's more the me now, but when I was a kid, I was not nearly as strong as Annabelle. So there are shades of me in all those characters and, and lots of other people too. Now, you've come out with these three novels in the past three years, I believe. And you are also the full-time associate director at the Cultural Center of Cape Cod. How can you find the time to write novels? That's another good question. Uh, it is difficult, but you know, there's an old saying, if you want something done, ask a busy person. Uh, the busier I've been in, in my life, the more I've accomplished. And um, I, you know, I had written books before Wolf Hollow, books for adults. One was published, one wasn't, although I have hope still that it will be. Um, and so, I, and I was a freelance writer and editor during the time when I had little children at home. So I learned how to manage my time well. But beyond that, each of the things in my life has been so important to me that it, they, they have just driven, driven me to do what I needed to do. So whether it was taking care of family or working in an office at, in, in a nonprofit or teaching, which I did for a while, or writing, I, I've just managed to find the time. I do get overwhelmed sometimes. There's a lot going on in my life. And frankly, I'd really like to just write. Uh, go out in the woods somewhere at a cabin and just write my head off. Um, but I would miss the other things in my life too. So I, I managed to find the time. I get up early. I write before I go to work, that sort of thing. I just, I don't like to be idle. And I don't know if that's something that's acquired because I haven't had the chance to be idle or if it's just that I'm a type A control freak. When you're, you're waking up to write, how, how do you write? I know um, authors all have their own unique ways of starting and I know I know you have a particular way that you start to envision your stories can you tell our listeners sure I uh, always start with setting always 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 I actually wrote a book um, 
guess it was before Beyond the Bright Sea, before Wolf Hollow was probably even published. Somewhere in there, I wrote a book set in the desert. Bad idea. I don't know the desert. It didn't really take. I'll go back to it someday and see what I can do. Maybe I'll move to the desert for a while. But I always start with setting. I choose a place I know well, because I think one of the strongest links between writers and readers is the senses, the five senses and the emotions. Those are two universal languages we all depend upon to communicate, no matter where we're from, what time, what place, what circumstances. And so I pick a setting that I know well where I want to spend time and I do my best to create that setting in a way that will draw readers in. And then I start with one character. I usually don't know who she's going to be. She just sort of arrives in my imagination. And then I follow her through her story without knowing where it's going to lead. Uh, I don't want to know. I, I, it feels like work when I have some idea of where it's going. And I love the surprises. I love to cry along with my characters and laugh with them. I trust them. And so it's like Dr. Rose said, you, writing a novel is like driving a car at night. You can't see past your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. And that's how I feel about writing. And that makes it an adventure for me as well. Now, when you set out to write in the mornings before going to work, do you have a set um, number of words or time frame? That's uh, no, I, I'm I'm definitely a sort of a seat of the pants kind of writer. I get out of bed, I have my coffee, I sit down to write in my pajamas. Always, I think there's a link between pajamas and writing for me anyway. And I write until I have a compelling reason to stop. And if that's on a work day, and I have to get to work at a certain hour, which is usually nine o'clock. Um, I force myself to leave and shower and change and get off to work. Um, but, I'll, you know, if I get up at five, that gives me about three hours to write. And it's not it's not really easy. I used to write before and after work. I can't do both anymore. I just do before. Um, and on a weekend when I have more time, if I have more time, I can write for eight hours. And just I get in such a zone that I feel like the time just goes. It goes so quickly. Uh, I don't even notice the passage of it. Um, and sometimes it's three in the afternoon and I'm still sitting there in my pajamas, which my husband hates. And honestly, is probably <laughs> not the best way to do things. <laughs> but I just get in a zone, you know, and I want to stay there. It's where I want to be. In addition to Echo Mountain, you mentioned that you are working or have just finished your next project. Yes, it's another coming of age novel. Um, and I won't tell you too much about it because it's so raw, except that um, it, it, again, it's set in, the, in this one in the 40s and um, it has a female protagonist. And there's, she, I, I didn't know where she was going to take me. Honestly, it's just such, such a kick to, to follow and be surprised. She took me into some very interesting um, relationships uh, with people who appear to be one thing or something else underneath. And I, that's probably a common common theme and whatever I write and I'll have to think about why that's true but it's it's just another one where there's this girl with some problems and um, that she has to sort out and she does and that's that's the very short version of it but um, it's set in the country countryside where honestly I love living by the sea but I do also love going to the mountains and to the interior um, to the woods just for me it's very restorative and that's where Echo Mountain begins. And we have a treat. Um, Lauren says she'd be happy to read the introduction of Echo Mountain. And I just love listening to Lauren read. I'll read about a page or so. It's the very beginning of the book. 
The first person I saved was a dog. My mother thought he was dead, but he was too young to die, just born, still wet and glossy, beautiful really, but not breathing. Take him away, she said, sliding him into my cupped hands. Her voice was cold. Perhaps that was why it shook a little, but I knew her better than that. Maisie curved around her three living pups as they poked blindly toward her milk, watched me with aching eyes. I could feel how much she hurt, too. What should I do with him, I asked. Bury him far beyond the well. My mother turned to tidy the bedding straw. It was as red as Christmas. We'd all had a hard night, but it had been hardest for the last of the pups, the one in my hands. I cradled him close against my chest, as if I had two hearts, but only one of them beating, then carried him away from the woodshed into the pale spill of morning light, past the cabin, toward the well, and a grave waiting beyond it. But then I stopped, looked back, and there, on the cabin's broad granite step, a wooden pail, brimming with cold water, waiting to be useful. I didn't know what was about to happen, but a little flicker in my chest flamed at the sight of that water, full of green and blue from the tree, the sky overhead, calm, simple. It spoke to me with a voice louder than my mother's as she stood at the door of the woodshed, bloody straw bundled in her arms and said, go on then, Ellie. But I didn't go on then. The flicker, the flame, the voice all tugged me toward the bucket where I plunged the baby dog deep into the cold, cold water and held him there until I felt him suddenly lurch and struggle. Ellie, what are you doing? My mother said dropping the straw and rushing toward me. But she stopped and stared when I lifted the dripping, squirming pup and pulled him back against my chest. He's not dead, I said, smiling. Not dead at all, which made my mother smile too for just a moment. Then he's yours, she said, turning back for the straw. See that you keep him that way. I didn't know if she meant that I should keep him alive or keep him mine, but I intended to do both. Thank you, Lauren. Those are such powerful images and um, a really fascinating start to the book and Echo Mountain is out now and um, you can get that. I know libraries are, um, may or may not be open at the moment, but contact your local library or your local bookseller. And um, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to hearing about your next project. Thank you so much. It was a delight to talk to you. I hope to see you face to face again soon. Thank you for listening to Forward, a podcast of Island Readers and Writers. For more about us, visit www.islandreadersandwriters.org. Join me next Wednesday with guest librarian Melissa Haas who will share her recommendations for great reads for kids this summer.